Welcome to the Mad Trio Podcast. This week we have the California Pariah, Jonathan Charney, James, the Fat Man, Stevens, and Rob, the old guy. From the real famous Rob Charney Show. And we'll talk about former old television personalities. Come up after this. Today's show is brought to you by Audacity, the unforgettable party game for mischievous people. They have online monthly game nights on Discord, so make sure you stop by their Facebook page for event times and dates. You can also grab a free quarantine version of the game straight off their website. Audacity, the unforgettable party game for mischievous people. So 76 years ago today, April 11th, 1945, Robert Clary was liberated from... Butchenwald Nazi concentration camp. He was the youngest of 14 children. 12 of the members of his immediate family were sent to Auschwitz. Clary was the only survivor. When he returned to Paris after the war, he learned that three of his siblings had been, had been taken away and had not been taken away and survived the Nazi occupation of France. He played LeBeau on the TV show Hogan's Heroes. Yep. He did. He was the real deal. And Felix Sela, the original cousin it from Adam's family, oh, dies yeah, he passed at away. 84. Yeah, no more cousin it. Which there's a there's there's a there's a great gig. Nobody knows what you look like. Yeah, exactly. Well, isn't that like R2D2? <laughs> Pretty much. And C3PO? Same thing. You don't know who these actors really look like. Hester Ford, oldest living American with 108 great grandchildren, dies at 116. Hmm. It's an African-American lady. Now, she must have had an amazing freaking story. You imagine being 116 years old growing up in, in America that way. Wow. Mm. And Louis Louis guitarist Mike Mitchell of the Kingsmen, dead at 77. Oh, my God. We just got a breaking news. What is it? Um, the family says that former President Walter Mondale has died at age 93. I didn't know he was still alive. Vice President Walter Mondale. Well, I, I, wow. When was he vice president? He was uh, vice president under Jimmy Carter, if I'm mistaken. Am I mistaken? Yeah, no, serving under Jimmy Carter. I got it. Wow. So he was Speaker of the House. Or did they pick him? No, he was elected. Oh, as oh vice sorry. President. I was, you're right. I was thinking of Gerald Ford. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I don't know why. Probably because they were both about as effectual. Well, you know. What, effective presidents. Whatever. Um, I don't know. Yeah, you want to talk about crazy stuff. See, with Moscow's got a military board up, uh, build up on the border with Ukraine. It's even bigger than it was in the 2014. They're telling, they're telling uh, Western nations to stay back. I. This is crazy. They're going to go ahead and they're going to try to put the the. the uh, the the whole thing back together after breaking up. That's going to be hard, I, I think, because of more of the the um. Aren't there like Kazakhstan type of countries that 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 were part of the Soviet bloc that they would fight it with tooth and nail? Well, the Ukrainians aren't going to let them walk in either, and supposedly NATO is supposed to do something. But uh, what the heck are we going to do? And <laughs> NATO is just going to say, don't do that. Yeah. I, boy, I don't know. This is an interesting one. I don't think, yeah. I don't think they're going to be able to do anything. I mean, because tech, you know, because you have, well, a couple of reasons why I say that, because you have Russia 
and China who are basically cohorts now, and they don't trust each other. You, I just don't know. Something just doesn't scream that really interacting is going to be any, you know, doesn't seem like it's a good bet. So I like this. You know, the Russians are just saying that uh, it's an exercise, right? right? They're saying, we're just practicing, practicing for an invasion. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good on you, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> this is, this is, this is just the practice. So yeah. guess how much Amazon's Lord of the Rings to cost for one season. More than all the Game of Thrones. Really? $465 million for a single season. Why would any studio pay that kind of money for a single season? Is it that? Do they really think they're going to make that much (laughs) revenue from streaming advertisement? Is is, is For one, Amazon, it's probably going to be a freemium. It's going to do something to probably get people to go. Plus the fact it's Lord of the Rings. Yeah, but enough people will watch it. Yeah. There's, there's, there's what are they called? There's people who like what they do is study Tolkien. Yeah. Okay. I I mean, I, I get people being uber involved with storylines and books and like somebody else I know about doom and uh, (laughs) things like that. Right. And I, so I understand that to a degree, but my goodness gracious, how many episodes are they talking about? Let's see. Amazon Studios, the Lord of the Rings television show is going to cost all the gold in the Lonely Mountain. By the way, <laughs> Hollywood Reporter, I actually appreciate that. Hollywood Reporter has confirmed that Amazon will spend roughly 650 New Zealand dollars, roughly 465 US dollars. Why are we talking New Zealand? This is a story out of New Zealand? Oh, no, yeah, it's oh, probably it where be. it's going to be filmed. Yeah, all right, got it. See, what I can tell you is Amazon's going to spend, uh, so far they don't say... How many episodes? So the the figures were released as part of the New Zealand government's official information act. Oh wow! Oh, <coughs> so so far I don't see anything where they actually say they may not be ready to release the details. So it sounds this is kind of a a leak. By comparison, HBO's Game of Thrones cost roughly a hundred million to produce per season, with its per episode cost around six million for the season uh, one, eventually rising to uh, fifteen mil per episode. In season eight. Wow. So season eight was the most expensive and it was the worst, <laughs> the worst season from everybody I know. Yeah. Wow. I don't know. That's, I mean, it just, so, the, the, so I understand. So one of the problems I have, I mean, I, I, I'm a big stream streaming, you know, as far as watching things now I watch, I probably stream more stuff than I do. Well, we don't have cable, but we have satellite, but anyway, uh, other than local news and stuff like that. And, you know, we pay for all the different, you know, whatever it may be, Discovery Plus, Disney Plus, Bravo. Bob's Household Video. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we pay for all those because eh, there's always a show or two that we like to watch that kind of gets you that way. But part of buying into that service is we don't see advertisements. So how are they generating <laughs> revenue to make that kind of revenue back per membership? Episode? It's probably going to well, be really, but still, I mean, it might be prime only to see it. So, so all the, also everybody's going to be jumping on becoming a prime member. again. That's what I would do. Well, I, I'm already a prime member. So I, the no. other question, me too, so it doesn't do me any good. Right. The other question is, do they have access to the Sill Maryland? Because Christopher Tolkien hated Peter Jackson with a passion and basically said, yeah, you're not getting anything else from my father. You know, like my cold dead hands. 
So if they have actually access to the, the, the back of the backstore in the Soul Maryland, this could be a version of Lord of the Rings that we've never gotten before. Have more in-depth uh, information. It also, I think, depends on how, how they actually do it, too. I mean, this is, there's a lot of ifs in this. Well, I, I guess I, you know, I scratch my head and try to figure out you know, how, how these companies are going to make money. And they famously come out with some actually some pretty good series and after one year or two years because they cost x amount of dollars to produce per episode is oh it's too much we're not making enough money back and they they cancel them and i have a half a dozen shows that i really like that they've all just canceled right off the bat because first season season yeah. one or season two didn't make them enough money well yeah <laughs> i mean people are going in and paying the memberships so if the membership money isn't enough you know, Netflix is one that really kind of, I mean, I watch a lot of Netflix, but it really kind of irritates me. Netflix has to do it because now they don't have access to anybody's back catalog. So they have to produce their own shows. You know what they're doing. They're buying, they're buying shows and series from other countries. Yeah. And they're dubbing them. Uh -huh. some, they, of, some of it is really bad. Well, they, they have to because they no yeah. longer have access to anybody else's back catalog. So they got to do that. They also have to optimize their they're what what shows make you know if they don't do what numbers they want they have to cut bait and run yeah well see there's the problem you you know if you're trying to attract people to stay with your you know your service and you know they they're buying in because of one or two series that they really like and then they cut those series it's kind of like meh okay i'm done yeah i mean that's pretty much what people yeah. are doing so how does that work and you know it's it's all about it's all about first party content. That's all about okay, cool. They're making this new show. I want to watch it. So people buy in until that until that season is gone. That's probably why Disney Plus is doing a week by week release instead of releasing the whole thing a la carte like Netflix was doing. Yeah, they're not the only one that is doing that. Um, there was another um, network. I think it's HBO's copied that model. Yeah, they're all and dropping another one. Yeah, instead of, you know, having the whole thing there, here's season, here's the full library of that season. Okay, new season two is up, and you get to see everyone. They're not doing that. They're dropping a new episode every week. Yeah, because I think they're having a hard time retaining customers that way because people will binge watch it. Instead, now they're like semi-appointment television. So I, 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 I think that they don't have a choice in that. Yeah, well, there's because there's a couple of shows that, that I watch that it's being done that way, and I have to got an alert on my phone so i know oh the new episode has dropped i got okay now i gotta remind myself to watch that episode so yeah, you know i do the same thing yeah and, it's like shit yeah it's like oh okay i gotta do it I, you know because yeah i love to see okay season two is up then you you can stream all 10 or 12 episodes whatever it may be because you know that's used what to i be, like too it yeah drives me nuts when i can't do that can't do it now it's week by week and then it then you look at them and you say Okay, so a season now is 10 episodes when on pre-pandemic and normal times, you know, whatever season of a show you're watching was up to 22 episodes for the year and they've cut it down to like 10. And that's also a bit disturbing. It's like... That drives me nuts. Yeah. yeah. Like the WandaVision one that Disney had. I right. was watching that one and then I'm like, I find out that it's episodic and they're doing it weekly yeah. and i'm like i waited till the whole thing was done well it's it's, it's i couldn't <laughs> i gotta ask you could you get i could i'm having a 
I keep trying to get into WandaVision, and I'm having a tough time with it. It takes a little while, but I think it's a generational thing because I grew up with the Marvel universe, so I kind of understood already what was going on with her. So when did you stop reading So to step in... Oh, sorry, I didn't... James, I didn't. No, I apologize. Uh, what are you I talking stop? about, Rob? What did Rob, I stop? yeah. I was, when did you oh. stop reading comic books? Oh, my. I was, to be honest with you, I was not a huge comic book kid. See, that, that's also, I think, this so. is the, the disconnect. Because James definitely read comic books. I've always kind of been in it into graphic novels and Does stuff like that. Does bad magazine count? Yeah. yeah. All right. That kind of counts. That was the one, if I had one that I got all the time, was bad magazine as a kid. Particularly like in junior high. During that period of time, that was that was my <laughs> got to get it every every month. Well, see that that was one of the reasons why I think a, James saying a generational thing because yeah. I think we grew up in the age where comic books, you know, were really going full tilt. Don't you think, James? I mean, it's not the golden age, yeah. but no, yeah, they were pretty popular still, and so I kind of already knew what was going on with her, but it was like, I, I could understand like the first, at least like four episodes. Yeah. That's You're like, what, what the hell's going on? <laughs> and then you kind of start seeing little breaks and yeah. I guess you could say her matrix right. and you start piecing together what's actually going on. But yeah, I mean, I, as as far as the Disney shows, it's not their best one. I was actually kind of disappointed a bit by it. So I, I might have to watch it. I still it enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, you know what? It, well, part because, of it was funny in the beginning when it was all kind of the 50s flavor stuff for me. And it was kind of like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So I got that. That was kind of fun. But then yeah, it they just. Explain, they explain why it keeps switching as it goes on. Yeah. Okay. Right. So. So I'm going to switch back to one of our topics because I, I was trying to figure out why this damn uh, Lord We're of the Rings thing. We're off already. On to, on to Lord of the Rings. But here's the thing. Lord of the, the official description of Lord of the Rings brings screen for the very first time the heroic legends of the fabled Second Age of Middle-earth's history. This epic drama is set thousands of years before J.R. the events of J.R.R. Tolkien's The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. And will take viewers back to an era which the great powers were forged. The kingdoms rose to glory and fell to ruin. So basically, this is the Selma Maryland. This is the, probably the backstory of Lothlorien and, and, and all that. Oh. Hmm. Okay. Because now this makes sense on, on how they're expecting people to see it. Because instead of being like Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings, this is something that nobody's ever seen in any sort of context. Well, that would make sense, wouldn't it? I mean, it, you know, let's bring something totally new and uh, attract people to it that way. Makes sense to me. But then you're going to get people that are going to watch and go, oh, that's Tolkien, you know, they don't complain. I so, oh, they're they're complaining. My only question is 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 there, there's a lot of Tolkien fans that this. What do you think, James? Do you think this will be as big as uh, Game of Thrones, or do you think this is just kind of taper out? Because I don't I don't know. I think uh, they would do a disservice to themselves to try to compare it to Game of Thrones. Well, I meant I like think that'd be the downfall. Well, I meant like, but I'm saying, I'm no, literally, that's what I'm saying. Okay. If they're they're gonna pitch it that way, and they're gonna try to sell it that way, and it's gonna be the downfall of it if it if it doesn't take off, because so Marilyn versus Game of Thrones are two 
completely different things. It's, I mean, I would be pissed off if I watched this thing and I see gratuitous sex scenes like I saw in Game of Thrones. Mm. That's true. And Game of the Thrones really, Game of the Thrones. Game of the Thrones. All of a sudden, I'm George Bush. <laughs> the Google. Yeah, you are. Because um, that's true. Because Game of Thrones starts off almost right off the bat with action and weird comments like the queen, queen's question to the Stark, one of the Stark daughters. I'm, am I the only person in, in the in the in the world that just never watched Game of Thrones? I mean, no, John I've hasn't. seen I've seen clips and pieces and episodes later on. But I've never seen the whole thing. You know, I, I got so many people. Oh man, how could you not be watching it? We've watched every bit. Well, to be honest with you, for for Paul and I, it was the Gratuita Six that was so rampant in the very beginning. It was like. I, this is not what I want to watch. It's not your type of fantasy. Not in towards later on from what I saw. That's what I hear. I hear that, okay, <laughs> season one is, you know, for all those people that want that stuff, that's what season one is all about. And then, and then okay, season two got better and then you got, you know, less of that. That's what I hear. I mean, you know, so I don't know because I haven't watched it, but I mean, it was like, I wish they could give me a synopsis of season one so I understand it. I could just start at season two because it, it, it irritates me a little bit. I mean, I'm not, I'm not being prudish. I understand some of it. Some of it is fine. I have no problems with it, but it was like a little over the top. I think you and me are similar in that, that if, there, if there's sex or a nude scene that fits the story enough that you could justify doing it, but if it's just seemed gratuitous, then there's really, like, I don't see a point of it. Yeah. And that's kind of the way. I, I'm 100% that way. Like, because I've, I've, I've known people like, oh, why would you watch this movie? It's like, well, the sex scene was annoying, but this is the reason I saw it. This was the, the motivation behind it versus, oh, they're just, you know, they're just, you know, barking for no reason. And I think the book, so I think James told me a lot of the sex scenes in the book have a purpose, don't they, James? More in the movies? Yeah, for the yeah, for the most part, yeah. Hmm. They use it as like uh, some political maneuvering or some shit. So Okay, so real life. But so, yeah. <laughs> it's like so, working. It's like working at a big blue box store. I don't know. It's just weird. Just weird. But anyway, maybe someday I'll watch it. I've seen when I'm hooked up to a ventilator or something. That's what I'm kind of saying. Is like, I mean, if they if they take I am your father, the Lord of the Rings, and they keep it more to Tolkien's universe versus anything that was put out by Martin. They'll be successful if they stick with more towards Tolkien. If they take it and do like an HBO spin on it, which a lot of HBO shows have nudity and sex in it, I think they're going to lose audience. Mm-hmm. My a big market of their audience. What would you think it would be somewhat of a family? You know, families would want to watch this. This is would, to me. I, I would think, think if they take it and make it violent. With the comedy elements that they had in the show or the movies, like when the dwarf and elf, you know, were sitting there doing body counts, things like that, stay away from where they went with the the Hobbit. Yes, and yes, keep nope. it more towards the books and that universe. Even though if they're going for the Sil Maryland, it's basically going to be notes, and you know they they do it that route. And try to stay away from making it any freaking bullshit of the nudity and sex, as I mentioned, that HBO does with a lot of their shows. If they right. stay away from that, they'll be freaking successful, okay. especially with the damn budget they have. Yeah, no kidding. I, I completely agree. I think <laughs> yeah. if you make this like 13 and up friendly, 
And I think you, yeah. I, I think you could do it. I think the other thing is that people got to realize is this is a different, this is, I think going to be more political intrigue and more for, uh, foreshadowing towards Lord of the Rings. I think that's going to be kind of their uphill battle because people say, Oh, this is Lord of the Rings. And everybody, I think everybody, they're going to have to do, I think right off the bat, they're going to have to explain, have the Lord of the Rings. A thousand, they're going to have to pre preface it because I don't, I think if they don't do that, I think everybody's going to tune out expecting, Oh, I'm just, this is going to be the Hobbit, which I agree with James, no Technicolor rainbow, no fucking uh, GoPro in the barrel scene. And no love triangle. Um, yeah. The, the love triangle was the one thing that kind of, not only that the actress who played that was incredibly pissed off because she actually got, she took the job saying no love triangle because apparently she's been pigeonholed into that. Mm. And it was stupid. It didn't play any part of the movie. It didn't add any intrigue. It was just annoying. They could have cut that section out. Yeah. Didn't improve anything. No. And how, by the way, how the fuck do you turn a 300 page book into a nine hour movie? That's well, you gotta ask your buddy. That's amazing to me. They should have done it in two movies. It does not to be. Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> it's a long movie. We'll see. I still don't believe how big it actually is. I mean, four hundred and sixty-five. That is insane. That's budget. a lot of money. I I I'm assuming that these investors that are bringing in all this big money for. Forum are, are all saying, "Okay, we expect a return on our investment," and here I we go so. again, right? Well, they'll get one season, and they won't get the return on the investment, and that'll be it. I am kind of curious, like you said, like how do they plan? Like, what's the what's their long game on this? Because they canceled the MMO, they canceled their Lord of the Rings MMO. Yeah, I just I read saw that, that today. I don't know. So That's if there's a, if there's no tie-in, was that? Yeah, I got me. I don't know how they're going to do it. it Merch? Just, is there going to be a, like, you know, you can buy a lot of, I don't know, a lot of Halloween gizmos and gadgets? I mean, I, I just If don't it becomes see. popular, but if they if if they do a Games of Thrones <clears throat> type of thing, you're not going to be selling a whole lot of merch with that. <laughs> I don't see them doing I, I don't see them doing the uh, the Game of Thrones things cuz I think you have the Tolkien estate. I guarantee their claws are in this because they sued. They sued New Line Cinema, um, so I have a feeling they have a vision. Don't forget, Tolkien was also Christian, so there's there's some yeah. things I don't think he would allow if he was alive during this. Yeah. The only thing well, I he's only, not. He's not. No, I do think the only I thing. I mean, I know that's shocking to you, John, but yeah, Tolkien isn't alive anymore. Well, I know that, but I'm thinking the 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 estate <laughs> will keep up to his wishes. I do say them. I do see them doing more cultural mores, though, which may or may not actually matter. That's a more. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so we'll see that yeah i was trying not to sing the song yeah th thank you for that articulated gun pod allowed soviet aircraft to fire backwards downwards and even sideways oh okay hmm. okay and can i get one not in not in the state we're in <laughs> the Cold War era gun pods were a bizarre solution for strafing ground targets, but some linger on today. I, I, I see it being very difficult to control and be accurate with. And I think that's why it's not prevalent. 
Especially, especially with the, the yesterday, you know, yesteryear's technology. Today, you could probably do it more. Yeah, maybe. But, you know, we've got single-seat fighters for the most part. You don't have a weapons officer. and You know, those days are long gone. And, you know, a pilot's got enough to do just to try to keep the dug-on aircraft in the air. And, well, that's uh, why you have gunners, right? Well, that's why you used to. <laughs> but I'm sorry, Goose. You just uh, you didn't get that loving feeling. Yeah, no, they're pretty much... All these new aircrafts are single-seaters. That's amazing, because yeah, for, for how much these damn things cost, you think they would just throw Put in the next, another yeah. seat? And <laughs> <laughs> make it a little That'd redundant. It cost another billion. Yeah, probably, because then you got to train them, too, and all that. So That's... Uh, uh, no, it's, it's, uh, it's like, you know, you guys may have never flown on an aircraft that actually had a navigator. Uh Back in the probably not. way back days. Oh, God, John's going to play a way back sound. But in the way back days, uh, we used to, um, they actually, well, actually in the early 747s, when they first came out. Yeah, he's got to do it. And when, when the, you know, the early 747s came out, they had a navigator station, an engineer. He was, it was using, called the engineer. He was using a sextant and a. I don't know about that. <laughs> And the older, older aircrafts for the navigators, that was the case. He actually had a bubble above him where he would be taking star readings and things. I so. swear I read in the book that the SR-71 had something like that. Also had a star navigation system, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I don't know how they did. I mean, it's, that aircraft in itself is just pretty <laughs> amazing. So I'm sure they had all kinds of things to, to this day we probably don't know about uh, in it. So... I mean, early navigation and an aircraft that was basically flying in space. Uh, there's had to be amazing. There's a book, and I'm trying to remember what it's called. If, if you ever, guys, Set, get sled, sled driver. Yeah. If you guys can ever find a copy of it, because it's rare in hen's teeth, because there was one printing, it's an amazing book. Well, um, yeah. the, it talks about how, like any of the quotes you see nowadays about the SR-71 are from that book. Um, like there's there's scenes talk about the what was it the, you know the most dangerous thing to the sr-71 was it wasn't missiles weather balloons mm. would could would, would would could take well, out because an weather, weather balloons could go up as high as they were at yeah where missiles and aircrafts could could never catch them couldn't catch them couldn't get up that high and what was it there's a there's a, a story in the book because i've actually read it that talks about you know there's a missile coming and so what they would do they just put full throttle and you know by the time by the time the missile got where it was, you know, it's, it's it in was like, long gone. it's in Provo, Utah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. That was quite the aircraft. I, I, one of the stories I remember reading, cause I've read that book too. And it was talking about how they would call in to get ready to land. And they would be like three States away. <laughs> yeah. Right. From, from wherever they were. And they, okay, so we're getting set up for our, our landing. They go, wait a minute. You're <laughs> You're like, you're in California and you're landing in Kansas. <laughs> what? You're calling in now? That's how long. It's turning radius apparently was described as states. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty. Because it was going so fast it had to slowly turn. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. <laughs> My favorite part of the whole thing is they got most of the metal from, most of the titanium that it's actually from made Russia. out of from Russia. From Russia, yeah. <laughs> And the gasoline is also used, the, the gasoline or fuel for it is actually used to cool the plane itself. Yeah. It's, it, it's still an amazing. So my guess is uh, that, that we have a 
newer version, more updated version of the SR-71 up there flying. So, so the whole idea, the reason why it became obsolete was because satellites pretty much have done everything that it used to do. We used to send, you know, SR-71s out to fly over Russia and, you know, and to see what they were doing. And then, hey, guess what? We invented satellites and we were able to do it. Yeah. So that pretty much put the SR-71 away, besides the fact that it was so expensive to fly and everything, because amazingly enough, the U-2 is still flying. So, hmm. yeah, and there, there you have, uh, and its advantage only is, again, that it's basically flying up in space. But uh, so what you can do is instead of taxing a, a satellite to go over a particular hotspot, wherever it may be in the world, you know, something's going on and we got to get immediate information from it. They sent on a, you, you know, a, a U2 talk, out. Talk about a Goonie bird. I love how that thing lands. Talk about an albatross. Oh, yeah, it's pretty amazing, <laughs> isn't it? It's, it, it's, it's pretty bizarre if you guys haven't seen it uh, google uh, the u2 spy plane landing it's the weirdest thing yeah you can look at it it, it and also it's uh if you want to go see the static displays and actually see them sometimes landing and taking off it's beale air force base up here in northern california that's where they're that's their home <laughs> base and uh <laughs> pretty amazing so they're still using 1950 technology in this thing but the but the camera rev resolution is just I guess you know from ninety thousand feet they can go ahead and take you know take a picture of a person holding a deck of cards and they can tell what's in their hands. <laughs> that's a hell that that's a hell of a reason to, to cheat at poker. Boy, no kidding, huh? Good good thing most games it's an are expensive indoors. Expensive way to cheat at poker. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> hey, so James, did you finally get your cards? I the, did. Yeah, the bad trio cards. I got a story for that I one. I did. Oh, oh, I was watching the tracking on it. I was trying to figure out what the heck was going on. Ryan, Ryan actually got his deck of cards like three or four days before you did. And it, really, yeah. So here we are going hmm. from our place to your place, which is basically a what? 15 minute drive. Yeah. Right. So these cards went from my post office to San Francisco back to really? Sacramento. Yeah. I don't understand what happened. It went from our place to San Francisco, back to Sacramento, back to Placer. <laughs> it was, I was watching. It was like they didn't know how. Somerset what? They didn't know where the heck. <laughs> they just didn't know where to deliver. That's weird. I would have thought I would have just gone to the Sacramento Distribution Center and then back. Yeah, you would have thought so. At the most. It, it, was, uh, it was very huh. strange. It was like, like going like. They just couldn't figure it. No wonder the post office is having so many problems. If they could not get that simple of a delivery, <laughs> it was yeah, 15 wow. minutes away. It, it took a, a, a week. I figured it. Uh, you guys had it shipped from wherever they made it to yeah. get here, not to go from your place to here. Yeah. 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 Well, I, talk, talk about oh. delivery. We have a great way for you to always keep in contact with the Mad Trio. Do you want to keep up to date on the maddest of the mad at the Mad Trio podcast? Check out our social media feeds on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or go to themadtrio.com. And there you have it, folks. So, yes, we do. Game of Thrones <laughs> creator George R.R. Creepy Martin, oh, God. hence, he's hugely behind on Winds of Winter. It also doesn't help that HBO paid him a fortune to stay that way. <laughs> yeah, I was going to just say. Mm. 
I, I love it. It says for, ah. a de- for a decade now, the last book in the series, A Dance with Dragons, was published in 2011, but fans have begun to ho- to be hopeful that the wait for the next novel will was almost over. He'll die before he finishes. He gets He's getting too much money to just not do it. Uh, Are you going to watch the sequels, James? The prequels, excuse me. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) That's up for debate. (laughs) Yeah, I haven't decided yet. It depends on which ones they go out with and how decent the story is. Because I'm... uh, Lord of the Rings I'll watch. The backstory of that show i just i have no interest in personally it it doesn't do anything for me so now really so martin actually said that he was uh, hold on Uh, so he tweeted his schedule not that long ago about um I'm actually typing as I'm trying to formulate my thoughts. And it was that he's in this secluded cabin. And let's see. I I think it's probably gone now. Uh, Yep, that's the stuff on that. Um, So he tweeted that he was sitting there stuck in this cabin of his schedule that he's self isolated and he's got, you know, cabin fever because he's sitting there spending long hours writing this book. Right. And I think I actually found it. Hold on. Uh, he actually said what his schedule was where he gets up He sits down, he has his breakfast brought to him by an intern, and then he spends a few few minutes on his little uh, responding to emails, then he goes to write his book for a couple hours, has his lunch brought to him by an intern, then he goes cuddles on a couch and watches a movie or a television show, then goes back to writing before he gets his dinner brought to him. And how horrible this life was of isolation and and all this shit. And now he comes out and says that he's fucking behind? Uh I I, I have a subtle feeling that it had to do with something with a number of zeros that were thrown his way. Maybe maybe it's the interns. The interns? (laughs) Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's probably the interns, too, and what they're doing. But, yeah. Oh, my God. Maybe he's being blackmailed because, uh, you know, he is kind of creepy that... He 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 did a few things, so now he's he's trying to uh, trying to get the uh, manuscript back. So um, allegedly, when was yeah. this put out? This is put out June twenty third of twenty twenty, and uh, this is him. He says uh, we have feature films in development adapted from my story Sand Kings, The Ice Dragon, The Lost Lands television shows in development and then uh, he goes but up here on the mountain all of that seems very distant much of it has shut, stuttered to a halt in any case until COVID goes away mostly it's just me and Westeros with occasional side trips to other places and the pages of a great book 
This was in June of 2020, him saying that he's isolated up in a fucking mountain. And now he's saying that he's behind on this book that he's been writing for over a decade now. <laughs> yeah, apparently. And he can't get it done. <clears throat> I I yeah. I have a feeling he's probably hit. Wider. Wouldn't it be wonderful to be working on his schedule? Mm. <laughs> Dude, you know, I, I would love that, and especially have the money. Not worried about not making enough money to feed yourself or your family, or potentially losing your house or vehicles. Instead, just sitting up there twiddling your thumbs. Yeah, we're getting paid to sit there and twiddle your thumbs because HBO doesn't want you to finish whatever you are working on. I actually hope he did finish it. You know, it's one of those things that he's saying that. So that way when he croaks, it'll be automatically released. And, you know, you know, and I'm going to completely change the subject of that book and him and go to something else that struck me as very odd. Uh, I don't know if either of you guys are Tom Clancy readers. Uh, um, yeah, I read some. Yeah, He's, uh, I really got in the early time because he was very technical in, into the, the Rainbow, military. Rainbow Six. You know, all, yeah. of, all the stuff was, when you read his book, every detail, every, I mean, he even talked about, you know, the screws in a particular gun. Uh, I mean, he was very detailed and sometimes it got a little, okay, let's get over it. But. He was, he was pretty amazing. But the thing that got me recently, I, was, I kept looking in and, and I'm seeing also the new releases from Tom Clancy and I'm, I'm sitting there going, okay, wait a minute. Tom Clancy died in 2013. Mm -hmm. And I'm going, how are there new releases? They, he sold his name, didn't he? So apparently, I don't know if it was him or his family or the publisher or whatever. There are a number of different authors writing under the Nunda Plume of Tom Clancy. That's so, kind of creepy. Well, so I went, okay. Oh. Wow, it's kind of interesting. And so you probably heard the character or know the TV show or have seen the movie of, of, of Jack Ryan. Yeah. Okay. So that character, it's in the latest books, has been, been spun off as far as the writer goes to another writer who's writing the story of uh, Jack Ryan. And in the new Jack Ryan world, he actually becomes president of the United States. From CIA to the presidency. Huh? Yeah, he's the president of the United States. Interesting. And uh, he has a son, Jack Jr. And so the new Jack Ryan is Jack Jr. now in the series of Tom Clancy books and what he's doing. And it's kind of interesting. I mean, to be honest with you, I've read, uh, I go through about um, five or six novels a month at least. And okay. uh, yeah, uh, anywhere between four and eight, I'm going to say as an average depends on the length of the book. And so I'm in to like the third, third series of this new Tom Clancy released books by this new author. And I thought how, how very clever to keep that guy's name going so that people would just go, Oh, oh it's a new book by Tom though. Clancy. Yeah. But, and, and, and those who don't know, realize that he died quite a while ago now. Are they any good? Actually, they're, quite good so number one complaint there's like so what three or four motherfuckers writing for tom clancy mm -hmm. and they can't release another splinter cell game or another splinter cell book there they can just come on people there Spl may, splinter cell is such a great universe there may be some limitations and what they can or can't 
do. I, I, I am not an expert on, on who's writing what under Tom Clancy, but uh, at least from what I've seen, they, they, they take certain storylines and they run with it and they develop their own uh, angle of what's going on with it. And so far, uh, the, the three novels I have just read here in the last week uh, under the new author, and I, I'm not going to say his name right now because I'll get it wrong, um, are actually quite good. I, oh, all right. I mean, you know, um, for- yeah, I was a, I became a fan of, uh, Tom Clancy's writing back when I went through my surgeries on my feet. I huh? actually got a couple of his actual original books cause he was dead by the time I started reading them. Mm, yeah. But, um, yeah, I really liked his stuff. And so, I mean, I'm not opposed to somebody using his name to write books, but it's like, I, I'm always iffy about somebody picking up a an old author's mantle yeah. and trying to you know fill their shoes because the writing style, the nuances of everything are you know I, are different, right? I, yeah, yeah, so. and, and 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 rightfully so because we don't necessarily want a copycat, right? And yeah. so so to speak, somebody writes just like him. But it was very interesting that you know I kept seeing these new releases. It just came out Tom Clancy. I'm going. He's writing from the grave. <laughs> I'm trying he's, to figure out. He's, he's a ghostwriter. Was, was, ah, there you go. Was he single? Or was he married and kids? I because if he has married and kids, I I'm hoping that they, they're getting a family a, thing. I'm hoping they're getting a spiff off of it because otherwise, I I would be I'd be nuclear because there, there's got to be something for his family if there's any members. I am sure that his family was taken well care of when he died. <laughs> well, I know that, but if, if I saw very that, famous guy, if, if I had a father, uh, I mean, who was famous like that and he kept new books, kept coming out with his name, I'd want a percentage of the sales or something. I mean, yeah, well, I'm sure there are. I mean, I, I, my guess is, you know, and, and don't forget a lot of these guys, particularly when you go back as far as Tom Clancy did, it, it's his publisher that controls, you know, a lot of the intellectual yeah. property. And so, uh, who knows, who knows about that? Cause I, I'm not going to get into that part either, but, uh, you never know what's going on. But anyway, so far from, from the part that I've read by the particular author that's running the Jack Ryan series group, doing a great job, I think. So I'm, I'm very happy, but it just struck me as very odd. You know, I'm always looking for, those kind of novels to read and I'm constantly on the hunt and I've actually run into a number of new authors that are actually pretty doggone good, but this kept popping up, you know, new release by Tom Clancy. And I kept going, okay, I got to hunt into this a little bit more. And, uh, that's when I, I realized that, uh, you know, it's, it's a, they're using his name, but it's written by a different author, but it's actually done well. So I have, I have such a hard time finding like books that interest me. So I go down every time I finish one. Now I read, I have almost gone exclusively to reading all my books on my iPad. I got an iPad mini. It works perfect for anything. I don't have to have a light on at night with Paul because most of the time I read at night. Explains why I don't fall, you know, get to sleep until two or three o'clock in the morning. But it's (laughs) it's, because I get involved in these books and I'm reading. I'm going to, oh, another chapter and another chapter. And and next thing I know, it's, you know, it's two o'clock. And so, uh, uh, so I, what happens with that is that when you finish one book, Apple is kind enough to pop up and say, oh, I noticed that you're reading these type of books and here's some suggestions for you, new books you might yeah. like, right? That's what they do. 
And I'm actually, taking doing that on Amazon, on Kindle, and I find the same thing. Yeah. So, at least for for me, I've actually found some new authors that I said, "All right, you know." For and you know what, I think the only downside that I have, and it depends on how popular the author is and, and the books, and you're paying anywhere from ten dollars to fifteen dollars for a electronic book that you actually don't own. Which, by the way, they could remove yeah, from your device and it's gone. So I, you know, sometimes I kind of go, it keeps me from wanting to try a new author's book because some of them are expensive and, uh, I've gone, you know, I've gone yeah. down the rabbit hole a few times and I'll try. Sometimes there's a free book. Like one of the new authors I, I came up with and, and maybe next week I'll come up with a, a name of some of these we could follow up on it. But, uh, they were actually giving away the first three novels of this writer's hmm. writing. And I went, Oh, well, I can't lose on that. And they were actually okay. They were super great. They weren't in the level of Tom Clancy, but they were entertaining. And, uh, you know, I, I got through them. They were fairly quick to read. Uh, and so I did end, end up buying three or four of the novels as they go, go along. So for, for me so far, Apple's done okay about suggestions. You know, in other words, Hey, try this author out or look at this book or, but then sometimes, you know, here's my other problem, not actually owning the book or sitting on the shelf. is like going, God, did I read that book already? You know? And I'm going, Oh no, I'm not going to buy this same novel the second time. Right. And it, so I, that's the other issue that I have. I wanted they, to really they, tell you, they don't give you like a, a download, a preview or be able to read a couple of the pages. Yeah. Now they do, but that often doesn't, always trigger oh i remember that because you know you'll remember a certain part of it and then you won't be get memory maybe remember the beginning maybe that's his old age i i don't know <laughs> but uh yeah they, they they do you get you can get a preview on them but i um i still worry sometimes about you know i'm, I'm getting ready to click that but apple's getting better about it um you know, I, I did it once recently going to click on a book and it said, you've already purchased this book. <laughs> kind of, they give you a snapshot of all the books that you've had and they show you, oh, hmm. you've already had that one in the series. So. Yeah, see, the, the last book I'm, I'm quote unquote reading or listening to was, uh, it's called Crash Dive, the complete series. It's about a World War II submarine uh, by, it's by Craig DeLuey. I guess he's usually a horror writer. Hmm. Um, I think being in a World War II submarine would be a horror. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it was. It, it, it's it's it it's super interesting uh, to to listen to the description of it. Um, it especially like uh, it, this this one part of the book, right? So they got to pick up civilians. So they have women and children on board a submarine, which is if you're a submariner up until I think the last couple of years women were not allowed. It was totally taboo. And I heard they're, they're changing that at some point. Um, yeah. They're trying to figure out how to make that work. I, I, to, to let's see, <laughs> let's go on a boomer and you sit on the bottom of the ocean for three months at a time. And you know, my bug mates beginning to look pretty good. And that was when it was just all guys. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, you can imagine how that's going to play out. Um, so that was, it's, it's an interesting book. And the other one that, that you, I don't know, you may like, it's called, it's by Brandon Sanderson. It, it's a super fantasy, mm. but it's one of those books that there's no, no explanation for things. They just go into it and expect just you to understand, which is kind of cool up until the point they, they talk about something. It's like, what the, f 
the f are they talking about? And like halfway through the book, they explain. It's like they should have explained what Don't these they have a are. preamble where they they list everything and what it is. The guy doesn't read it. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, that's different. Um, Can't help that guy. Yeah, right. Uh, actually, oddly enough, my favorite book for me. Did you guys have a favorite book? My favorite books probably for me. Um, it's actually a graphic, it's, it's, a the vampire hunter D novels are amazing. And then it's a, uh, it's actually a graphic novel that, that an anime is based off called dark, dark side blues are probably my two favorite books. Like Johnny, the homicidal maniac. Oh, and counting Monte Cristo. Oh, I love that book. <laughs> I love, re- I love listening to the book. Reading the book ah, is difficult. There we go. That answers that. That's the why. It, it, why? Cause you listen to it. You didn't read it. Trying read it. to read the book is like, that was a college thing. It's like, okay, we're going to read this. It, uh, uh, it's like, oh, cause when you were 25, it was a hundred years old. <laughs> so it was already difficult to read. It was very difficult, <laughs> but it's, it's an amazing book. Uh, if you, if anybody get a chance or like the three musketeers and it's not, you know, it's not easy to read because it isn't common to our yeah. form of English. Or, so it's very difficult. Or the words like countenance is all over. I think County Monte Cristo. And they said the countenance on his face. And I remember I was, I was like, like pulling over the side of the street with a dictionary. What the f- oh, cause there's like, I'm, I've been called a living dictionary, but there's words that don't come. Like I had to look up. Saying, Incontinence okay. is one that you're not familiar with. Incontinence. <laughs> is that what you were saying? Yeah, there you you go. know what incontinence, incontinence is, don't you? Countenance. Oh, countenance. Okay. Not in- <laughs> well, cause how often do you, how often do you hear in modern language, somebody talking about a politician's countenance? I with with certain politicians, you hear about incontinence, but you don't hear about the other way. So it just kind of it, it, you know. So you know, you're talking about favorite books. Probably my all time favorite author, and and I've read him a couple times, and I'm probably going to go back to write him again as Anne Rand and the Atlas Shrugged, and, and that uh. that series of books, because back in the '60s. Under the when I first read that book, it was like a revolution <laughs> in my mind. It was like, oh my god, there's a different train of thought, and there's a different way of looking at things. And um, this is when you left the wavy gravy in the hog farm, right? When probably, you yeah. I've, I couldn't remember when I left. So, <laughs> bastard. <laughs> well, technically, by technical definitions, I'm not a bastard. <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, so yeah, I mean, you were talking about favorite authors and favorite books. I mean, I, that, those, she's what, what you wrote in, in those books that you wrote in the, in the style and what the stories were all about and the character development and the different trains of thought that period of time, it was a mind, mind blower for me. Uh, it was, uh, like, wow. Uh, so there's my favorite book. And I actually read it. Yeah, well, good for you. <laughs> I've I've actually read all the Vampire Hunter D books. Oh, all right. I'm just making sure. Do you ever have a book that you wanted to? Uh, you heard the second book was amazing, so you forced yourself to read the first book to get to the second book to get to like get later on. So there's a book called um, <laughs> it's by R. A. Civildori, and I heard this certain number of books. It might have been three, four, and five in the novel were supposed to be absolutely amazing. So I, f- I forced myself to read like one, two, and three. And the first book is just like 
Like I had to force myself just to get through it. So just so I could get enough it's backstory. It's like slow forever type of thing. Developing characters and yeah, things and that just, just take forever. And it's a bar, it's yeah. about like, it's hard edge sci-fi. If you don't guys, uh, excuse me, fantasy, if you don't know R.A. Sivadori. And so it's about a dark elf. So it's all about the universe and their God and goddesses. And I'm just like, <sighs> yeah, no, I totally understand that. I, I, I have done that. So it reminds you, reminds me of when you talked about wanting to finish Rainbow Six because you said it was the most. You said at the time it was the most technical book you've ever read for for that genre. Yeah, yeah. The way, I mean the way it was written, it was. Because so, you said it was even too much for you. Yeah, it's it like was. it was. What about you, for James? You have any other thing besides Johnny the Homicidal Maniac? Well, you were talking about a book that you were just like, you forced yourself to read. I mean, I guess you could say numbers. <laughs> you want to explain what that is? What? Uh, do I really need to explain it? It's the Bible. Yeah, to the audience, Somebody yes. needs to go read the, somebody the Bible. Somebody needs to go read. Who wrote the Bible? Yeah. Oh, okay. The, no, I, Someone say, who was very bored and sat down and numbered all of Israel mm. when they weren't supposed to, for one, and they wrote it all down. It's all genealogies. That's all it is. This person beget this person who beget this person who beget this person. Right. That's the entire book. Wait until you hear a sermon That's the on cliff it. Notes. <laughs> That's the cliff notes. That's the cliff version. notes version. <laughs> yeah, the original still in the sea, you know, the Dead Sea Scrolls that they're still trying to decipher. It, yeah, James, James <laughs> yeah. gave you the TLDR. Yeah. Sermons of it are amazing because even the pastor telling it, it's like, I don't know why I'm doing this. I chose this today. <laughs> yeah. Why did I do yeah, that? Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah. Anyways, but there you go. <laughs> that, that should answer your question. Yeah, okay. Well, all right. But that does, <laughs> that one doesn't count. It doesn't? No. That's true. It's not fantasy. So James, no, no, pick a literally, fantasy. The, literally, the book actually says numbers, Rob. It does count. <laughs> okay. Okay. Very clever. Uh -huh. I'll give you one point for that uh, You one. know, I would actually have to say, if you want to talk about books that, you know, you heard were amazing, you sat down, and I wouldn't say the first book, because the first book is actually really good, but... The other ones that followed it were not as good. And I would say the Jurassic Parks. Oh. The first book was really good. I always heard, you know, the book was really, really good, really good, you know. And then so I sat down and I read Jurassic Park and then I read the other ones. And the first one, really good. This, the other ones weren't, I, I don't know. I, I don't remember. I didn't really look. But they just weren't as great, honestly. So, and they were nothing like the movies, actually, this, uh, the uh, other books. I actually, right. I actually don't want to read the books because I wanted to at one point, because I have such a great memory of when I went to see it in the theaters. And I know that sounds weird, but it's a memory I'll, 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 I'll never forget. Cause I actually, we waited in line. My, my aunt, rest her soul, uh, waited for hours in line. And then we wait, we got there and waited an like additional hour or two to see Jurassic park yeah. and a theater with four screens. <laughs> and, um, you know, so I, that's my, you know, so I, that's one sole reason. Cause I was like, like what James said, I've heard it's an amazing book. Even the old guy at the time said it's a pretty good book and yeah. was pointing out scenes. Hey, this isn't in there. They're missing this scene. <laughs> 
Yeah. You know that, and unfortunately, um, that's not unusual. You know, you'll get you'll get an author that'll write an absolute hit book, the very first book, whatever it may be. It's just a, an absolute crusher. You know, everybody loves it, makes it, sells a movie deal, and all that. And then everything that trails off from there. I wonder if the author author yeah. made any money from the books. Like technically, if I remember correctly, um, uh, Forrest Gump didn't make any money. So, Hollywood accounting. Yeah, so that was creative Hollywood. That's exactly right. So that's that's the way they <laughs> screw uh, the authors out of stuff. Because he promised that the second book, because there's actually a sequel to Forrest Gump yeah. and book form, uh, but the author promised that Hollywood will never get their hands on it ever. Well, Tom Hanks is too old to play the, the lead anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> it never happened. He did really good. He's got to go back on the shrimp boat. <laughs> he did really good as Disney. Did you ever see that, Mr. Banks? You know, I didn't. Playing Mr. Banks? That was a great movie. Banks. Yeah. I really... Did you ever see it, James? Yeah, did we do that for the show, James? Django Unchained? No, playing Mr. Banks. It was the, the Walt oh, Disney, Tom Mr. Hanks. Hmm. Uh-uh. That was a really good movie. I feel For some reason, I feel like, like that's the, like the last <laughs> movie I actually sat down and watched. Oh, it, we're back in the real flicks reviews. Oh, oh. Yeah. Wow. This is this is this is what we call the pewtering out. Trying to everybody's kind of like eh. yeah. Hours up. Let's go. Hold on. Let me see if there's anything. You want me to else? close this lady out? <laughs> like I did last week. I'll I'll mute it. I'm just seeing if there's anything else interesting oh, on my me. social media feed. I see the way that works. Eh, there's nothing interesting. So, ladies and gentlemen, for the California Pariah, <laughs> for the fat man, and for the aged aged. Old guy, as always, <laughs> thank you for listening. Good night. Goodbye.